Drew Valper, the team of brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. My guest on this edition of Fangraphs Audio is a native of Lincoln, England, current resident of Mexico City, author of Flip Flop Flyball, a book of infographics concerning baseball, and most importantly, owner of the URL CraigRobinson.com. It is Craig Robinson. What follows is a conversation I had with Craig Robinson during my own recent visit to the DF, a conversation that occurred at La Bipo, cantina located in the Coyacan neighborhood of Mexico City. During the conversation, we discuss our trip to a Diablos Rojos spring training game, various iterations of the British accent, and Craig Robinson recounts at one point a trip he had to a Minnesota Twins minor league game. Beloit Snappers, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very drunk there. <laughs> Very drunk, boy, to Beloit Snappers polo shirt. That's how drunk that was. If you've come to this podcast looking for the same sort of crack analysis that occurs in the electronic pages of Fangraphs Audio, you've come to the wrong place. However, if you're interested in the half-formed thoughts of a Britisher who has made an art of leisure, then this is the exact right podcast for you. It's Fangraphs Audio. Features Craig Robinson of CraigRobinson.com and also Mexico City. And it begins right now. Because the Lincolnshire accent tends to be quite mumbly. All right. Do, do you, is there like a, a phrase that reveals the sort of the finer points of that accent? Um, all right. So, for example, if I was going to say you do it like that, yeah, really like, like that. No one. Yeah. So really, you just said like that. That's but, all. Like that. But and like, just words just become. Brr, and people, uh, but your fellow Lincoln Sharistas. They would, as they're frequently called. Yeah. They understand what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's very, very normal in Lincoln to speak like that. Say but it again? Like that. You do it like that? Yeah. Like that. Like that. Uh, it's it's, you're really, it's almost no effort to say that. No. It's, re- it's very much just a, the least folk, the least mouth movement possible. Yeah. Is what Lincolnshire accent involves. Right. So basically you're just, yeah, you're only contorting. It's just a, basically the same sort of uh, guttural sound the entire time. Oh, yeah, it's very, very guttural, very mumbly. There's no. Um, I mean, I think you might notice this, my voice in general. Anyway, there's no real highs and lows, peaks and troughs in the voice. Yeah. And the vocal stylings. I know. Yeah, I, I almost. Yeah, I almost fall asleep every time you talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> I should do those children's books. So, so you have so that's the Lincolnshire, mm-hmm. and then, and then, what is the other one? The other one is. The do one you have a posh accent? Yeah, this is what you're hearing now. <laughs> this is the posh accent. This is the posh version. Yeah. Obviously, there's my Mexican one as well. Joking. How's your? Do you have a? Uh, have you acquired any sort of uh, Mexican Spanish accent? Um, I don't think so. I think. Uh, this happened in Germany as well. Like I picked up Berlin slang living in Germany, yeah. and I probably picked up a little bit more Mexico City way of pronouncing things than because, uh, like a Madridnik. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Madridian. Yeah, we were watching um, highlights of the Luis Suarez goal. Did you see that? Uh, yes, it was beautiful. That first touch. You incredible. said you can't believe the first that touch. First touch is just yeah, over and over again. That's actually what I said when I lost my virginity. <laughs> it was also the last touch. That's <laughs> how that works usually. The, 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 uh, the La Liga YouTube clip. Yeah. Uh, the broadcaster kept saying golazo. Mm-hmm. And that's Spanish, Spanish. If you, if you 
if you do the lispy Z in uh, in, Me- in yeah Glato, uh-huh. if you do that, oh the Spanish one, yeah, yeah, Glato or whatever, yeah, the lisp, yeah. yeah. If you do that lispy Z in Mexico City, uh, is there any reaction to it from? The no, but you'll be identified as a Spaniard, which is not great. I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about English people coming to your country? So I imagine it's the same. <clears throat> did you conquer us so much? Maybe you did. Well, we you did. started us. Yeah. I mean, we conquered you in the same way. Well, that here's they the difference, con- though, is that most of the, the citizens of the United States are not of native descent. Right. Where yeah, whereas here there are mixed up. Right. Yeah. I guess, so my point is that, like, so like me, like I'm like exclusively like English and Italian and German. You have no native blood in you. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Good. Uh, maybe like a thirty-second or something. Okay. Like a gen- like two, gener- you know, three generations ago. But right, many of the people here have. That's a like a. Yeah, the va- uh, vast majority, I think, right, have right. some. Yeah. And so I could say that there would be. You're speaking essentially like another, another country's language, whereas. It's not. It doesn't feel like that in the states as much. No. No, I was just looking at her. It's, that's your. That's your girlfriend. Your girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. She's. <laughs> we're subjecting to this. Yeah. yeah. It's awkward for everyone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, do, are you able to do the the posh accent then? Uh, like the, the post British accent, like the the Oxbridge. Is there an Oxbridge accent? Oxbridge is what you would hear on the television in the nineteen sixties and seventies, where people talk like that. Yeah, yeah, you do a bit of that. Are they they're delivering the news, reading the news? Yes, they're reading the news. Yes, because we also don't say that in the states. We don't say reading the news. Oh yeah, they're literally called news readers. Yeah. Today in the colonies, brown people did something. <laughs> it's essentially, what it was like when I was growing up. Yeah, or I, I guess I'm just curious about this the 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 notion of exoticism, um, and because everyone, at least for me, I, I seem quite plain to myself uh, naturally. And, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And <coughs> if we can um, do a little um, meta casting for a moment, uh, this is something that this is like the 540th, 541st episode of the podcast. Is it really? Yeah. Mm. And so all of them are like at least 15 minutes long and a number of them are an hour mm. and I'm participating in roughly half of those, conver- like half of those conversations. Um, so that's just a lot of my voice and it sounds miserable. I mean, it sounds, I don't, <laughs> I want it to stop. But oh, to, yeah. in order to get the other person to talk, generally yeah, to. one, I have to speak first. Mm. You do? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same thing when uh, I hear my own voice play back, mm-hmm. like in previous editions of this podcast. The podcast, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I notice, you know, I, I think you always notice the things that you do which you don't want to do. Like I find I do a lip, lip-smacking noise. Uh-huh. Like a... Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah. I, when I've listened back to the other ones, it just annoys me that I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm trying very much not to do it right yeah. now. I, uh... Um, when when you've been on the previous editions, of course I've 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 imagined in my head uh, in what sort of room you might be sitting and what the conditions might be on the street. And I will say it's been a pleasure, and I would think probably uh, um, it's been illustrative for me. But now I have an idea of what of what you've been seeing. Hmm. Well, I mean the, the the places that I lived in previously to what you've seen 
were more like kind of neoclassical paintings. Right. Yes, just, you know, just lots of grapes and fruit, fruit, semi-nudity. Fruit, yeah, that yeah. sounds... Yeah. <laughs> you call me at a down point. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not, like, not like it is now. <coughs> the... Um, just workers, workers in the background. Breaking, yeah, just fanning. Breaking stones. I need to get another drink. Yeah. Do you want one? Yeah, I just just to have it just to have it around. Okay, uh, dos mas uh, bohemia. Gracias. Gracias. Um, real life Spanish talk. Yeah, that's right. It was a real life, uh, real life Mexican person. I, uh, <laughs> I I think I've told you this before. Um, but I've thought in my own head, my own dumb head. Um, I had the thought a couple times. Uh, there are a lot of Mexicans here. I, I felt that um, the day the day you arrived and I was getting the metro bus to meet you. Yeah. Uh, I occasionally have those moments where you just go, "Fuck, you're in Mexico." Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like all of these people around me are Mexican. Yeah. And, and you're I'm, not. I'm not. You're the, you're the different. I we, we we've mentioned this off air briefly, but. Uh, when I go into uh, a cafe or a restaurant here, especially when I'm uh, uh, without you, when I'm without you, who uh, has understands how to sort of conduct himself, I feel like an intruder. I feel right. Yeah. Gracias. Gracias. I feel. I feel like these people are they are having a fine day before I arrive, and now it's. It, now it's their now I'm their burden. Yeah, I'm their burden, and they have to deal with me, right? And it, and of course, this is generally in a, in commercial situations. Mm. So they probably expect people to come in, and I try not to be expressly rude. But I'm curious: to, have, do you ever have these sensations? And of course, you you lived before in uh, Berlin as well, where mm-hmm. you did not speak German when you really when you arrived. This is true, but uh, I think on a daily basis, you can walk around Germany and. Uh, not be identifiable as a non-German, right. whereas here I tend to look very British compared to most other people around. I mean, it's interesting the way that you approach that in your own head by projecting a, a feeling onto the other people. For me, I I tend to think of it in a more self-centered way. Uh-huh. It's like thinking, I if I go to say, for example, the market we went to the other day, which is you know not a touristy place. Is that Merced, Merced in Sonora? Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, those are those are both. If anyone finds uh, him or herself in uh, Mexico City, do consider visiting the uh, Mercado Merced, uh, um. which is just uh, you get right out of the metro station and you are in the thick of it. Very much the thick of it. You <coughs> can buy many many Adidas with three Ds yeah. trainers yeah. sneakers. Uh, immediately, yeah, very immediately, much so. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it's just a very close. It's like, it's like a city. It has well, your building, your your building. You you invoked Kowloon Walled City, yeah. But there's that same sort of yeah. There's definitely that feeling. There's there. a spontaneous feeling to it, and yet it happens every day, all day. Yeah, you roughly. get the feeling that um, there is, must be so many things go on down there that we don't know about. Anyway, am I right in saying? that all of the stuff outside of the market is kind of illegally set up. They're not supposed to be market people, right? But it used to be everything outside. They built the other construction. Oh, okay. But the people selling birds and stuff, yes, that's all illegal. Right, right. Yeah. so, and that's, uh, we should know, yes, you can buy 
sort of like the back. There was one corner where you could buy baby, uh, baby chickens or little kind of finches. And yeah, stuff. and apparently they used to be more explicit. Now you have to sort of ask expressly. But you can buy like what, like python? Could you buy a python there? Uh, honey. What can you buy? What's the weirdest animal you can buy at the Merced? Snakes. Snakes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Right. Endangered animals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is different than like a Walmart, for example. Yeah, or right. what, what are the pet stores called in America? Petco. Uh, Petco or something like that. I don't think they sell pets, though. Oh, didn't yeah, I think they just sell uh, goods. Just yeah. parks. Yeah, <laughs> but they do. There are there are pet stores that have the products of puppy mills. They yeah. supply by puppy mm. mills. Yeah, that was amazing. But wait, where were we? We were at the Merced. Uh, yeah, well, when I am when I'm somewhere like that, I am very much conscious of the fact that uh, this is the city I live in mm-hmm. um, and going about my business. But I will be for, forever viewed as a tourist by the people who are selling me products. Right. You know, and. From that point of view, you know, I I probably won't get a good, as good a price as a local would get. Well, we discussed this I because think. I asked if you haggle. Mm. And, of course, uh, in some places, one might travel, haggling is a very normal thing. Mm-hmm. In others, it's, uh, well, in the United States, it's very, it's pretty rare. I think in England, it's pretty rare. Did your uh, parents haggle at your boarding school? No. <laughs> well, actually, well, it's interesting. We haggled with uh, when I went to university. I did. We haggled with the university. In what sense? Well, their first. So I applied early, and they accepted me. And their first financial aid offer for my family that was uh, decidedly middle class uh, was uh, it was like uh, thirty five thousand dollars a year in loans, which isn't financial aid at all, really. Right. And then uh, yeah, then we haggled. And so basically, what that is, um, if you're dealing with a private university probably a public one too is you just send them as much proof as you can that you can't afford what's happening and okay. then and then when they then they lower the price a little or they give you they say okay we'll give you this much financial aid and then you say no did they send you photographs of juggling at traffic stops <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly right yeah yeah uh, just like like anytime like if i had a rip in my jeans we would send that along look at can't afford new jeans let him give him money uh yeah and eventually yeah uh, we did we talked them down Way more than we like you ever could a car or anything, right? Because guess what? They have it. They have okay, it. Yeah. And now, like that school, like like three or four years after I left Columbia, they just started anyone who made under this family made under like seventy five or a hundred thousand dollars. They just uh, give you amnesty for tuition, right. so you can okay. go for free if if your family makes less than that. It's still quite a lot of money. I would happily have that. What seventy five. Oh, 7500 No, no. If your family makes less than 75000 a year, then, wow. they, then they give you, then they don't charge you for school. If I made $75,000 a year, I'd be like one of those dudes, like... On the street, yeah. With but, but, but guess what? If, if, uh, but that school, well, now, now that school costs like uh, 50000 Wow. Yeah. So that would be all of your money. That's a ridiculous amount of money for an education. Yeah. Well, here's how, here's partially why they can do that. Is because... Um, Especially if we look at you as being the outcome of that <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I was only half the outcome. <laughs> okay. I couldn't hack it. The, <laughs> but here's, here's why they do it. They could... Because there is... Uh, you might be familiar with the term 1%. Yeah. Those people send their kids to colleges, and you could charge them like a million times as much as that, and they would still just pay it. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So what you do is you have a retail price, mm. and it's easier to give quote unquote financial aid to normal people who can't afford that than it is, and then what it, than it is to go to the families of the people who are paying the tuition and say, can you give us, uh, can you give like twenty thousand extra dollars to our annual fund? Right. And so essentially, you try, you have this high, very high retail price. And universities in the states, they, um, I seem to remember Eric um, Nussbaum telling me once that currently have Vice Sports. Indeed, working he, for the uh, enemy. And he wrote, but he wrote a, uh, a very uh, pleasant uh, profile just recently of Jose Uribe. Juan Uribe, Juan Uribe, not Jose Uribe. Okay. Uh, Juan Uribe, yes. Well done, Eric. Yes, Jose okay. is, I think, was Juan's father. All right, so, okay. Little flying. Aircraft. Uh, helicopter. Um, um, uh, he mentioned that he had a call or something from uh, from his old university, sort of kind of begging for money. Yeah. Um, it seems, you know, you, you as American citizens have to already have to pay to go to university on the whole. Yeah. And then when you leave, they come begging for more mm-hmm. to pay for their football teams. Yeah, but, uh, well, uh, it depends where you go. Um, so if you, let, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Uh, if you say your old university comes to you and says, "Would you like to donate?" Could you say to them, "Yeah, but I don't want it to go to the uh, uh, the athletics thing. Make sure it goes to the poetry corner." I think. Okay, I think that if you are if you are giving a substantial sum of money, mm-hmm. then you can dictate to like what ends. It will, right. Oh, right. Like I think who's that? Like T. Boone Pickens. The real person, I believe, is a major benefactor of Oklahoma State University. Uh huh. He, I mean, I think he's responsible for contributing quite a bit to their athletic department. Right. And uh, some, I don't know precisely what he's donated, but I think that a lot of their their facilities uh, are indebted to, are, are the result of his money. Wow. He's, an, he's a, a wealthy alumnus. But, uh, no, I think if you're just Alumnus giving, is the singular of alumni? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, there you are. Or alumna. We're talking uh, about the ladies. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but Check it, out the alumna over there. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Oft, oft, <laughs> oft said. Um, but, n- but people like doing it. People like giving money. Well, here's one reason why you might give money to your alma mater. Uh, because when you go to... When your child is of college age... Ah, okay, right, yeah. Uh, if you they get preferential non. I don't. Non I don't necessarily. situations. What, no, what situation? Non fagging. Which situation. is we should note that that is a, a British public school term. Yes. Uh, where an underclassman will essentially be the slave and ragdoll. So, yeah. Of an older student. Yes. Yeah. So he'll be like he might say like, go, uh, fetch me my slippers. Yeah. Yeah, and then and the, then I will. Punch you in the jaw, and 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 the younger the younger student isn't doesn't really have any grounds on which to complain. Is that the idea? Not really, because in two or three years he gets to do the same to another person. Right. Yeah. And so the British Parliament continues. And so well, when, when I when I when I was a student at boarding school, that was in the states. That was not the. Case. But we would have some less violent traditions than that. Mm. Like uh, this is back when there were there was a payphone in our dorm, and if the phone rang, <clears throat> the upperclassmen would say phone. And then whoever was the, you know, if there were freshmen in the room, a freshman would get it. The freshmen would sort of bicker between themselves, but you couldn't bicker for too long because then you would all get. Right, okay. Right, yeah, so there it is. 
Here it is. Um, here, let's talk about... Is there a hierarchy attached to who who is your kind of... Like, say, for example, um, Jimmy is the coolest kid in level the year three or whatever yeah. and you're, you're one of the year one kids and Jimmy always picks on you do you, do you do you take pride in being picked on by the the toughest or the coolest kid I think that does that pride reflect down on you I mean that was never we did there was not it wasn't that wasn't necessarily the sort of relationship that we had oh. okay we weren't really picked on do it just being nice just hanging out with each other I'm just trying to find excuses for your your just general manner. <laughs> no, it's, no, well, my mom picked on me a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Uh, when I was like, for example, I think I was eight years old. Um, she tried to drown you. <laughs> <laughs> no, when I was when it, well, y'all, I could talk about this first. When I was also eight years old or ten years old, uh, she related to me that uh, when she um, learned from her doctor that she had conceived a child. Uh, her first inclination was to terminate the pregnancy. So uh, you would not have existed. But yes, but my father, who comes from a quite a Catholic family, had already related it to his parents, mm. and uh, so that was uh, not an option, or it would have been a difficult option. So had Philip Sisterly not heard of your own, you possibly yeah. existing, yeah, you would not exist. How do you know my dad's name? I've heard it on the podcast. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it's also my grandfather's name, yeah. I have surveillance on your house. Mm-hmm. So that's one story. Also around that time, 8 to 10, uh, I was watching... We had a show called Star Search in the States. Okay. Uh, I'm sure you've had something not unlike this mm-hmm. in England. Uh, and there are a number of shows like this now, talent-type shows like... Do you know what it's called in Germany? What? Deutschland sucht den Superstar. Which means... Germany searches for a superstar. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it sounds so much better. Okay, so it's a similar idea. Yeah. Star Search was uh, yeah. an early uh, ancestor of that. Oh, uh, so it was... It, uh, oh, right, so it's not the, like the current crop of... No, people. this is like late 80s. Ah, uh, okay. We, hosted by Ed McMahon. We had something called Opportunity Knox. Okay. Which was essentially a way to get racist comedians on television. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anytime no. we could facilitate that. Yeah. The 70s were big on that in England. Um... So I was they were watching. There was a. It would generally have like two of each kind of um, performer. So there would be two comedians. Mm. They would perform against each other, or sort of against each other. They performed during the course of the program. Okay. There'd be two musicians, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and then there would also be two models. Okay. And uh, there was a panel of judges who would give them a score, and then whoever uh, won, I believe, maybe went on to the next week. Does that sound... That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a possibility. Yeah. If it's not, it should be. We had something... God, what was it called in the English version of that? Uh, I don't remember. But there was an English version of that. Yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, I will uh, I'll perform some clandestine Googling while Go I'm telling the story. Um, so what? Would, so there was the models part. And one of the models came out. And like I li- literally like Kate Moss style models rather than... Uh, yeah, they churches. were they were sort of a, it was a different body type than the Kate Moss. Um, they weren't really the but not train trains and no right cars. exactly yeah they were they were amateurs and they'd probably been found in a mall in Socrates, New York or something like mm-hmm. that. And uh, here they were on Star Search and um, and yeah they would you know they was there were multiple portions there would be like the 
gown portion, I believe. And there would be the swimsuit portion. Okay. And I think probably during that, I said something. So it was a mini Miss World, essentially. Yeah, and I said something like, uh, oh, I like, I like that. Whatever, you know. And then my mom turned to me and she said, uh, you wouldn't know what to do with it if you had it. That's Which is true. Yeah. <laughs> true. But also scarring. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like you know, mom, yeah, I, do, I wouldn't. Because uh, I'm prepubescent, you know. Mm. Because because uh, um, I sometimes have problems sitting in the driver's seat because I can't see over over the dashboard mm. because uh, I'm scared at night of supernatural beings. There are a lot of things going on. Do you see what I'm saying? But it, I mean, if you're prepubescent at that point, yeah, that that is like you know someone from you know the the outback of Australia mm-hmm. being given the collected works of Socrates and saying understand this kid yeah it's like no of course I can't can't yeah well my mom's no there's anything wrong with living in the outback of Australia wait was it uh, Stars in Their Eyes oh Stars in Their Eyes yeah oh Stars in Their Eyes was good Um, that was where you actually pretended to be um, so they would do a little introductionary clip of it was it would be like it would be just like some sort of faux documentary footage it's like this is Greg Robinson. He's an illustrator, and they'll show a, bit, a clip of me drawing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then you walk, then they walk, then they'll show me walking to the supermarket or something. And there'll be a voiceover by me going, uh, well, "I like drawing, but I also have uh, a talent inside me." <laughs> and then you'd appear on the on the stage. The audience would clap, mm-hmm. and the the guy would say, uh, "And you're you're a lot like this singer. He has glasses too." And uh, and they go, oh. are, you, "Are you doing accents right now? A little, slight a little accent? bit, a little, little bit. bit. What bit. accent is that you're doing? Uh, just a kind of slightly camp Yorkshire accent. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, what is the Yorkshire accent defined by? Yorkshire accent is very very deep. They talk even about cricket like that. You got to be a real man. <laughs> even the, even the women. Yeah, even the women. <laughs> They're not a real man. I don't want to be having anything to do with them. Um, William, not with them. William. Um, so then, 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 you know, you would, they would, and he would say, "Well, Craig, go back there and come back and tell us who you are." And the, you, you walk off to the stage, and they'll do kind of dissolve, lots of dry ice, and you'd come out, and it would just be me dressed as Jarvis Cocker, and you would do essentially karaoke, common people, uh-huh. you know. Uh, that was what Stars in Your Eyes was like. wasn't yeah. the same. Was it... Uh, I was thinking about this earlier because I think you've owned previously uh, a Cocker Spaniel. Yeah. Have you ever... Would you would you ever name a Cocker Spaniel Jarvis? So it would be a Jarvis Cocker Spaniel? That would be... Uh, I just saw the look on your wife's face there. Yeah, she's come in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was at the... Uh, she was at the Frito Kahlo Museum. She was. How was it? Yeah, it's a, well, you could tell by her eyebrows that she liked it. Yes, she very much. <laughs> just, just one of them now. <laughs> Do they sell that at the gift shop? Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> what do you think about something like this Salma Hayek version of Frida Kahlo? More busty. Yeah, bustier, yeah. Bustier, definitely bustier than the reality. Yeah. That's like one of those things, um, the, the biopic is a, is a curious genre of film uh, because you, you have to essentially condense a person's an actual person's life even mm. if this was a person with a, a lot of public exposure well known 
you condense their life into roughly two hours, right? Mm. So you might remember Russell Crowe in uh, A Beautiful Mind. I did not see this. All right, but he plays like a... Another biopic. Another biopic, yeah. But it, he plays... Oh, another biopic. Uh, Jeffrey Rush in the one about the piano player. Didn't see that either. David Helfgott. Another one. Uh, the, the most recent one with uh, Benedict Cumberbund. Didn't see that one. <laughs> Let's go for, with the Ray Charles one, because I saw that okay, one. Okay, I didn't see that one, but I'm sure it's the same idea. Um, uh, and does it... I mean, so, okay, I have made a statement, a general statement about biopics. Do you mm. sense that... It, is this true of the Ray Charles biopic? Starring Jamie Foxx, I think. What was the general statement? The general statement is that oh, anytime when you're condensing a real person's life into two hours, it is necessarily going to read like a caricature. Yeah. I think uh, the worst ones I find are ones about musicians in general. Right. Because Which, by the way, the worst, the worst music awards are the Grammys. Because the thing that these people do well is um, sing and dance and play m- music, but talking well is not any is not it's not one of their requirements. Yeah, I tend to not watch any. Yeah, well, no, but I'm just I'm exist. making a statement. Yeah. I'm making a, a okay. defa- an accurate statement. All right, I'll agree with that. All right, so mm-hmm. so 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 say the thing you were going to say. Musician, musician. music, uh, biopics about musicians tend to always have one horrible moment in them, mm-hmm. at least one. So, for example. There'll be a, a biopic about Buddy Holly, which I'm sure there is. Right. Um, and at some point in that, you know, there'll be Buddy Holly and some of his crickets in a studio, and uh, Buddy Holly will go, can we play that in E minor? And the drummer will just go, that'll be the day. <laughs> and I go, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> you know, that kind of, that's what always happens in biopics, but I doubt that happens in real life. Yeah, right. No, real life is um, terrible and messy. And mm. if uh, people succeed at all, it, it's almost probably purely by chance. Yeah. Yeah. Accidental. They probably didn't. Even the thing that they thought was great is not the great thing. The light in here is fluctuating wildly, yeah. huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. Not interesting to people listening. No. Um, oh, there we go. Here it is. Very dark now. Is this podcast going to get the Dane Perry disclaimer? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is going to get a Dane Perry disclaimer. Um, Good. The, uh, ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Momentarily, uh, our uh, significant others have uh, departed the table. Mm. Wisely mm. so. Yeah. Um, so b- is they. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just deleted that. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk briefly about the about the Diablos Rojas game. Let's do it. Uh, now you've been to how many how many games in the states and what kind of games? What like what level? Um, primarily Major League Baseball. I would say probably about 30 or 40 in the States. Mm-hmm. Mostly Blue Jays, because I lived in Toronto for a summer. Okay. And easy to get tickets. Yeah. To Blue Jays games, typically. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, that was at the Rogers Center or Sky Dome? Rogers Center, yeah. Now, did you... Did you? It, uh, it's frequently empty when I see it on television. Mm-hmm. Did you en- enjoy that? Um, I think there are aspects of it that I enjoyed that... Uh, I think it's it's not as ugly as its reputation. Um, it's going to be good when they get rid of the fake turf. That's happening soon. Yeah, I believe that the Argonauts Canadian football team are having their own stadium soon, so there will no longer be a need for that. So I think okay. I think it's like two or three years away that they. I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I enjoyed the Blue Jays. Yeah. I mean, Jose. Ba- I think the the year I was there was Jose Bautista's kind of first. It's oh, coming out. Oh, that's really it's cool, yeah. Quinceañera. 
Right. <laughs> um, um, so that was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but it was a little bit depressing, you know, like when the Red Sox or the Yankees were in town, there would be the crowds was way quicker to uh, to chant anti-Yankees or Red Sox things than pro-Blue Jays things. Okay. Um, I will say, to that point, I remember one uh, one time being at a Red Sox game in the bleachers maybe in uh, 2002, 2003, and they, uh, I forget even who they, the Red Sox were playing, um, the Rangers, say. And... Uh, the bleachers at some point in the middle innings erupted into a Yankees suck oh, okay. chant. Right. Mm. Uh, despite the fact that the Yankees were playing uh, somewhere else. Mm. And so... Uh, That's so a little bit depressing. It might not... Uh, yeah, there was a bit of a preoccupation. Oh, 2002 or 2003. This is before, okay, right, yeah. before the World Series. Before so you yeah. lost your virginity. Yes, there was a considerable... Uh, there was a... Um, there was a definitely a preoccupation with the Yankees. Right. Especially because they, they had been good for... Uh, like five to seven years at that point, won a couple World Series. And, um, yeah, and then I remember, so this will give you an, uh, an insight into the fan of, a, especially a Red Sox fan, before 2004. Uh, I was with my friend Leo, and this chant went up, and, there, you know, there were also, there was a lot of, like, uh, Yankee suck paraphernalia available outside of uh-huh. the stadium. And I mentioned to my friend Leo, it's like, you know, having been to Yankee Stadium, I don't see a lot of uh, Red Sox suck um Mm. And I didn't uh, sort of paraphernalia in there, and they don't chant Red Sox suck. Mm. And my friend Leo uh, said rather quickly, he said, it's because the Red Sox don't suck, Carson. <laughs> <laughs> so he had, uh, this was the, whatever the opposite of cultural relativism is. Uh, Although I went to Yankee Stadium in around 2008, I guess, and noticed a bunch of anti Boston stuff there, like the Buck Boston t shirts. Yes. Um, well, and that's that's actually I mean that's high praise really right because mm. by that point the yeah, Red Sox you won two won, championships in the right oh four and oh seven and so yes yeah, so that so that would be uh, yeah I don't know if it's just like churning the tables um, but at least leveling yeah leveling I mean, in the twenty first century the Red Sox are yeah. doing quite well yeah absolutely yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so so you've you've been to Toronto a bit now, and then the minor leagues. Did you do any work with the minor leagues? Um, I saw the uh, Staten Island Yankees once. Oh, I understand you get quite a nice view of the city from you that. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Yeah, um, did you ever go to Cyclones game? I no, no, I didn't. Okay, yeah. um, where did I go? I went to one in uh, Wisconsin. Um, Appleton. God, no! What were they called? They Beloit. were. I think they were twins. Beloit Snappers. Beloit Snappers, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very drunk there. <laughs> Very drunk, boy, to Beloit Snappers polo shirt. That's how drunk I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should note, uh, you mentioned the other, this is not the first time you've done such a thing, or the, except the last time, because you, uh, after one Cruz Azul match, yes. that's your football team, after a Cruz Azul match, on the way home... <laughs> I bought a crystal flag. Which it should be noted, how long is the walk from the stadium to your house? Uh, from the closest point, about 60 seconds. <laughs> and you bought you bought a flag. Yeah. Which, so I understand, you bought a flag, you brought it home, mm-hmm. and what did you, you just put it somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, my girlfriend is a Pumas fan, uh, the, uh, another team in the city. So uh, the idea of it being displayed permanently in the apartment yes. was quickly... Poo-pooed. Yes. Um, so it's now just in the back of the cupboard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rolled up and will be brought out whenever they beat Pumas. 
Uh, what was the last result between the two? Uh, Pumas beat Cruz Azul. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, my sense is now I immediately as as soon as you uh, as soon as you um, alerted me to the fact that Pumas have the snobbiest fans. Yes. Or at least have the reputation of having the snobbiest fans. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they have a, a relationship, however tentative, with uh, the University Autonomous of Mexico. Yeah. I immediately decided that that's exactly that's yeah. what I wanted to be. Yeah, uh, this was. Um, Whereas you are you are maintaining the illusion that you are of the working class. Well, I think if you're from the working class of England, then I guess that automatically kind of makes you middle class Mexican style. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up working class, but I'm I guess I'm no longer working class. So I'm a freelance illustrator. Right. There aren't a lot of. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people selling uh, uh, tacos and tostadas mm-hmm. and uh, uh, oh wait, jalapenos. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what ha- you saying? The, the, the nuts there? The, the, the oh, um, ha- japones. Japones mm. on the streets. Very few people selling freelance illustrations on the streets. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> well, you can buy color photographs, I guess. What's the British team from the, um, uh, the east end of London that's not West Ham that is also famous? Uh... Leighton Orient? No. Mm, from East London? <coughs> yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it right now. Go on. I can't think of any of those. Uh, oh, Millwall. Oh, that's South London. Oh, it's South London. Sorry, yeah, I was trying to think of Southwall. Yeah. So, Millwall aren't mm. they both famously working class and uh, racist? Yeah, they 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 they. Historically, have been some of the worst hooligans, along with Chelsea and Leeds. Right. Okay. So, yeah. All right. I was wondering. Yeah, I was going to somehow make a Millwall comparison, but I don't know. Is there a British version? Do you think of Cruz Azul? Um, oh, that's what I was going to say. Is it hmm. Millwall? But I don't think it is. Millwall. I think if you compress London's football teams into three teams, like we have here, um, you'd probably have. Chelsea will be the most hated, which will be Club America. Right, which is the huge, the, the biggest club they play in the Azteca. Yes. Which is where a lot of the national team games are as well. Yeah, I mean, if we look at if we look at Premier League clubs, Cruz will be West Ham in like, you know, like, not as successful as the others. Mm-hmm. Chelsea will be America, just hated by everyone. Yeah. And probably Arsenal will be Pumas, like, you know, the people uh, a bit... More intellectual leaning, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Snobby, if you will. Is there a, is there a, is there a Mexican Arsene Wenger? Uh, I don't pay attention to coaches or indeed players' names, oh, players as, names, as you yeah. might notice. Yeah, I did notice that. You knew Rojas. And yeah, I knew Rojas. Cruises, yeah, yeah. He was clearly better than all the other players, so I I looked him up on the internet. Right, but so I don't care about. All right, so we've established your baseball uh, uh, CV essentially uh, in terms of places you've attended in the states. Mm-hmm. What for you are the the major? What for you are the major differences between that and going to a Diablos Rojas game? With the caveat, I think that um, the game we went to yesterday was in fact the first their first game at their new stadium. Correct. Whereas you were going to a much larger stadium before, yeah, which would uh, have naturally have a different atmosphere. Yeah, the, I mean the previous stadium, uh, Forasol, had well, wasn't intended to be a baseball stadium. Uh, it just ha- so happened to be the right size to accommodate a baseball team. Right. Um, and it was I, I have led to believe that um, David Bowie's only ever appearance in Mexico took place at El Foro. So. I believe so. And they, uh, you two did a live, well, it would have been a live video 
DVD release of their, I think it was a Pop Mart tour. You know, Madonna, Bieber, Radiohead, yeah, the all big the greats. Ones. The greats. <laughs> They've all done shows there. Um, but that has been kind of semi-knocked down now because Formula One is coming back to Mexico City. So for the next two seasons until we get a brand new baseball stadium for the Diablos, they're in a renovated kind of local park, which uh, called Estadio Freinano. Um, it's like 5,000-ish yeah. people. But it um, wasn't, I don't think it was, it was not like a, uh, we went to see the first spring training game. Mm. And it was not necessarily bursting at the seams, but there was a nice atmosphere and a roof. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely a good thing. Helpful in creating an atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, and also helpful in cr- keeping yourself dry in the rainy season, which coincides with the baseball season in Mexico. Right, right. Um, but, uh, so, back to my question, though. What, for you, what is the difference in, in the game? I mean, just uh, really anything that comes to mind. Um, well, the quality of the players, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, I noticed um, the physiques of the players are slightly different. Yeah. There's less emphasis, uh, it seems, on fitness. Yeah, there's definitely more emphasis on uh, youth and age. <laughs> uh, well, it's like you, there, there tends to be a like you know the exciting players for me to watch are the young kids who've just come up. Uh, si otra bohemia dos. It's it's fun to watch young players, mm-hmm. and it's also fun to watch. Oh my God, that guy played for the Rockies type right. players. Well, well we, in, in fact, we saw Willie Tavares. Yeah, played uh, for the Puericos. Puericos de Puebla. Puericos de the Parrots of Puebla. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you you visited Puebla at one point. Yeah, uh, I've been a couple of times down there. Yeah. And I know because I think you documented it at some point, and uh, and for maybe Nogras. even for Nacrafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, but that seemed to be a nice, uh, quite nice city. Is that it right? is. Yeah. Yeah. Puebla is a lovely city. Um, they're, they're, their baseball stadium is um, smaller than Forrestal. The problem with Forrestal was it was a thirty thousand capacity, but apart from one or two games a season, the Diablos Rojos, I would say their average is like four thousand. So thirty thousand is a lot of empty seats. Right. Um, now you and, and of course, uh, sorry, uh, we, you went to um, you've been you went at one point to a Portland Beavers game, correct? When they were playing in Portland, Oregon, yeah. Um, and I think they moved, they must have moved to I think they moved to Tucson or something. That was the Padres yeah. affiliate. I don't know what month it was. You went. I used to go to those games, in particular April and May, and there would be it was it was quite a lot. It's where the the Portland Timbers uh, play soccer now. It was maybe eighteen thousand. Uh, rarely more than one or two in the stadium, though, and it yeah, felt it was very empty. Well, no, it yeah. felt derelict. Derelict. Something about it felt it was neglected. Yeah. God, God is not watching us here. But they did have a dude uh, manually changing the scoreboard, which was always enjoyable. Quaint. Yeah, and I like the fact that uh, you would see people walking by on the streets, mm. uh, kind of near what, left field and center field. Yes, right, and you could see the like whatever the Portland, whatever the paper is out there. The uh, Tribune, Tribune, maybe yeah. it is, or something like that. Yeah, it sounds right, Tribune. Whether it's right, I or think. Not. Yeah, there's one. Of, one of there is a Portland Tribune. I don't know if it's the main paper. I forget. In any uh, in any case, uh, yes, it's nice to have a stadium where you, the, that is uh, proportionally built. I mean, it's like going to a show, right? Like if you go to see uh, Guided by Voices in a room, mm. you know. Oh no, I you know who I saw one time because I haven't been to that many shows but I saw you know uh, um, 
Magnetic Fields? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know them. They, and I saw, right when they came out with this great album they did, it was a three-part album called... Uh, the, the Love Songs one? Yeah, 69 yeah. Love Song. Mm-hmm. And they happened to be playing at the Knitting Factory in New York at that time, which is a nice venue, not very big. And they played all all of them, 1 to 69, over the course of two nights. Right. And that I saw... That horrendous. Huh? That sounds literally horrendous. Why? Oh, the Magnetic Fields just do my head in. Oh, you don't care for that? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Yorkshire accent again. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, it was it was a pleasure for me, and it was quite nice because uh, there were a lot. Of, however many people there, it was. They were all fops. It, they were all what? Fops, foppish. What? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> Come on, girl. I just imagine that they were all uh, upstanding citizens, okay, and uh, everyone behaved themselves. Good. good. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the worst concerts I ever saw was Magnetic Fields. Why can't you just let people enjoy their own thing? Okay, go for it. So we were there, and it was nice, though, because it was a nice atmosphere. But but my point would be if you... Oh, one time I saw um, uh, a band. Uh, it was the guy from the... Uh, Ian Savonius. Who's that oh, guy? Oh, um, God, yeah. Ah, uh, oh, f- What are they called? They had their kind of weird manifesto stuff, right? They did a lot of yeah. They yeah. had one weird war was a one in iteration of his later bands. Mm. Um, he's been oh, what in are they called? Nation of Ulysses. Oh, that's uh, right. The yeah. makeup. I had to make this one. And I saw him when it, it was Weird War, and it was a it was at a little uh, it was at a venue in Northampton, Mass. Gracias. Yes, yes. And um, he, there was no one there, mm. and so it was a weird show. To his credit, to the whole band's credit. He sold it so hard. It, it, like, he behaved as if he were playing an arena. Right, oh, good. Which actually is the best-case scenario. Yeah. Because because then I, then as a reviewer, and, and that's the problem. Like, so, like, when I used to go to a lot of stand-up comedy, it's ne- it, never has a, it never actually really has anything to do, I guess, with the venue, or doesn't have to, to do with the venue, as long as the person performing owns it entirely. Right, I saw, I went to... Um my one brief visit to Los Angeles, I went to the comedy store yeah. on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, or something. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's the one owned by Polly Shore's mother. That's right, yeah. yeah right. And I saw three or four good comedians that I wrote the names down of and checked out on YouTube. And then, and then just around midnight, Paulie Shore himself came on. And after a whole load of laughing that everyone had done to the three previous acts, he started telling jokes and people were just, uh, uh. Uh-huh. And he was like, ah, oh, you're a really crowd and going well no it's actually we were just laughing to these three dudes <laughs> it's just you're terrible he's a i i'm not going to dismiss him entirely but I don't, I don't think stand-up is his strongest no biodome was quite enjoyable yeah right yeah. and uh what's the one where oh it's Cena man yeah. yeah yeah right he has right. he has a back when skill set back when back when brenda brendan fraser used to be somebody if uh if Paulie Shaw was a baseball player, what type of baseball player would he be? Hmm. Well, well, let's. Uh, nothing comes to mind immediately, but so let's. let's oh well, uh, he has an influential parent. That's definitely a part of it, right? Yeah. Well, so there, there so are. The, the son of someone better. <laughs> or, uh, well, there's there was there was Pete Rose Jr. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, there's a uh, whole Dale Berra. <laughs> oh no, no, really. Oh uh, yeah, I never. He followed. was one of the guys who was yeah cocaine, right? Well, I don't know, I don't know. But there was, of course, there have been some sons who've been better too, like uh, um, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, whose father was quite good. 
Right. Uh, but Barry Bonds is better. Ken Griffey Jr. probably better than Ken Griffey Sr. Is that right? Yeah. Um, um, one 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 possibility is Casey Terry Jeter Jr. Doesn't have a chance. Huh? No. Casey Kochman. Uh, his father is Tom Kochman, who's regarded as a super scout. Okay. Didn't necessarily play, but has a nice reputation in the industry. Okay. That's, that's, well, I mean, that's quite closer to the analogy then, right? Right. Because right, she wasn't a comedian. Shaw wasn't a comedian. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you kind of like do... Well, you know, here's an interesting case. There's Alex Avila. Oh, yeah. Who played, who's catcher for the Tigers. Actually, his father is a member of the Tigers system. Mm. And I, I don't know if, that, if uh, they would have picked... Avila as, as early as they did, if his father was, Al Avila was not part of the system, was not uh, in the front office. Isn't that maybe coming though as a sort of courtesy by a lot of uh, yeah, but later uh, round picks. But the thing is that Avila, Alex Avila, has become a real player. Okay. Yeah, I mean he's a successful major leaguer. He's not elite necessarily, but he holds his own. And I didn't even think he was expected to do that. So that's a that's a good outcome of that. This is dangerously close, dangerously close to real baseball talk. Yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, you can right. take that Dane Perry disclaimer off so for what, this section. So what else uh, with the the Mexican baseball games? Um, the Diablos Rojas games. Well, they were they're the current champions. Sure. Campeones. Yeah. Um, it's the seventy fifth season, which is fun. Yeah. And we saw uh, some ha- uh, some hats actually that are available with a with gold trim. Yeah, I mean they seem to be in some kind of new era plinths. Right. right. Is that a plinth? Yeah. Um, what's that? What's that word mean? Because oh, a yeah. plinth. Oh, I'm, yeah. I, I, like I'm sort miming of holding a very big penis. <laughs> so there's sort of a display a display case, case as if yeah. it was like jewels in a jewel heist movie. Right, or like my uh, my wife yesterday went to the anthropological museum. Oh, there's plenty of plinths there. Right, it's full of plinths. Mm. Um, um, well, I want to say that I enjoyed it quite a bit. I'm glad. To, I'm glad to hear that. It was it was strange. Uh, it's a strange experience. Um, I want to. Well, can I can I mention one thing about uh, beer sales are different. Definitely, you will have one beer salesman during the course, and we are not sitting like in elite seats or anything. No, normal uh, asientos, and just uh, we one woman, Carolina. Carolina, does that mm-hmm. sound right? And That's she right, was yeah. just our beer woman for the night. Yep. Our uh, what is it? Uh, Cheladora. <laughs> That's not correct, but let's go with it. Yeah, and um, uh, and then just at the end, she didn't even keep a record. They just counted the cups we'd had. Yeah, 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 and it just tells us what we got. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the beer and the beer is uh, um, relatively close to regular prices. Yeah, right. Was it forty? Uh, it was pesos? forty pesos for a beer. I mean, the the bar we're in right now it's thirty five. Right. So, I mean, it's not the markup you expect at a sports stadium, right. or that you're probably used to at a sports stadium. should be noted, uh, r- roughly now, 15 pesos to a dollar. So 30 would be $2, uh, 45 pesos would be 3 Yeah. So, so it's about two fifty for right. a beer. Um, which is, you know, I remember the last time I went to a major league game would have been in Toronto where it was ten twenty five for a beer. That was can- yeah, Canadian dollars when it was roughly one for one. Yeah, right, and that's... Because I was thinking, uh, when I was because when I was younger, you know, Canadian dollars, uh, the, the dollar, the American dollar was quite strong against the Canadian dollar, but it has skewed uh, much closer to one to one. Yeah. Um, in recent years. 
So when you said ten at first, I thought, oh, maybe that's only like four dollars. No, but uh, it was but actually no, it was more like ten American dollars. Actually, ten real yeah. dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not pleasant. That's not pleasant. Uh, another refreshing thing, and I don't, I'm guessing it wasn't the case as the Poro Sol as well. Uh, no luxury boxes to speak of. No, no. Yeah. There are some of some of the um, some of the stadiums like in the aforementioned Puebla. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are boxes that you can hire there. Um, I don't know how good they are. I've obviously, never sat in them. But are they are they typically reserved, like by a corporation? Well, they're typically empty. Okay. But I, I imagine I think if you wanted a party of people yeah. to go, it's it's not like you know, Yankee Stadium, you know, law firms right. having them or something. Um, I mean, they have them at soccer stadiums as well, and I guess you can just hire them on a one-game basis. It's not, right, right, right. No. It's not like this is like City Corp's box. No. Right. No. <laughs> right. Which it tends to... I think that tends to be closer... That would be the model of the American... Uh, sports um, yeah. Uh, more noise, I think, probably usual than... than yeah. More than usual. But that's kind of... Uh, that's obvious, I think. I find there's a, there's a curious... Um, I didn't use the word curious so much, but I've been hanging around with you for a few days. Yeah, sorry, Paul yeah. I'm curious. Uh, the, 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 the Mexican baseball fan has a, a fun... Well, what for me is an interesting thing about Mexican baseball. Um, they're very passionate about the result. Like, I mean, during the game, like... The Diablos lost something like was it thirteen one I think right. was this final score. I mean, I mean it was very. They were, they were what ten nothing down after the second inning. It was uh, yeah that part was not great yeah. Um, but yeah the Diablos fans for a spring training game were very much you know willing them on. Yeah. But then you know as soon as they lost it was just yeah whatever. <laughs> it's like everyone is into it and then when it happens it's just yeah whatever I don't care. <laughs> Which I, I quite enjoy. I mean that, that's kind of one of the things you I've mean, been, enjoyed about baseball in general. To, to have, an, in, to have an, inv- an investment in it while it's occurring. Yeah, without it actually being be-all and end-all. Right. Yeah. And I suppose, well, so one of the advantages, right, is that there are a lot of baseball games. Yes. And so if you become preoccupied with one result, that's uh, or, or you're less likely to, to, to do that, mm. is the idea. Mm. Because there's so many games, whereas you come from a soccer culture, yeah. whereas uh, one result could, could be quite important. Which happened last weekend for Liverpool, yeah. What happened? Sorry. Uh, they they were beaten by uh, another team mm-hmm. who were also challenging for a Champions League place. Is it the, that, that team which cannot be... They cannot be named. Cannot be named. <laughs> no. Um, well, listen, Craig Robinson, we're getting... We're, we're over 50 minutes in. All right, let, yeah. But then that's, it's that's, done. Uh, I think that we have some... Uh, some. I could very much do with a cigarette right now. So, Bohemia yeah. Obscuras to yeah. drink and... Uh, uh, but it's been a pleasure. I want to say it's been a pleasure. I, I want... People know you, I think, if they do know you, uh, by your uh, internet presence. Correct. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Apart from my mother. Right. And your work, I think, is uh, probably enjoyed by most of the people. Thank you. Uh, if they know you, uh, most of the people are listening. But I will say, you've been uh, a great. Uh, I don't. You know, you haven't hosted us, but you've been. You've, you've really shepherded us around the city. And even today, when I was, uh, through what. 30 minutes late almost. Oh, oh, I'd say it was a little bit more than 30 minutes. Because <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> we had gone the uh, the exact wrong direction on Linea Tre. Yeah. I, Trace? 
It should, uh, I'm, I'm going to clarify that. They went the exact wrong direction to the terminal station. Yes, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you didn't? No, we did. So we figured it out three stops from the terminus, but the doors closed, and it turns out to stop the, that, that segment there, like from the third to the second, and maybe it just seemed like this, but it felt forever. <laughs> you know, because some, sometimes the stations are closer and further yeah, apart. Yeah. This one felt... No, I mean, the direction you went, you are getting into the point where you're definitely two or three kilometers apart between stations. Yeah. Because yeah. you're was, right, right at the north end of the city. It was... And Mexico City is pretty big at that end. Yeah, right. So that was my Anyway, but you've been, uh, you've been uh, terrific to us. and uh, It's entirely been my pleasure to shepherd your wife around. Booyah. Booyah. <laughs> All right, there you are. Here, let's do a hand. This is an internet handshake. We've done an internet handshake. Thank you. Thank a little you. bit sweaty hand. Thank you, Craig Robinson. Thank you, Carson. That's Craig Robinson of uh, what? Flip Flop uh, Flying? Yeah, that'll do. What, what is it? Flip Flop Flying.com? Yeah, no, let's go Craig Robinson.com because there are, there are infinitely more famous Craig Robinsons than me, but I own the dot com. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Because yeah. you, you've been around even before the comedian, yeah? Yeah. 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 All right, so it's Craig Robinson of Craig Robinson.com. Thank you. Carson Stewie, <laughs> this has been a uh, disjointed edition. <laughs> Uh, Fangraphs Audio.